Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Women on Top in India powered by Ladies Who Lead. Do what you love, love what you do. This is a cliche we tend to throw out the window once real life sets in. Because of this, it isn't surprising to find out that 70% of employees actually hate their jobs. Wow. What we don't realize is that we all are driven by our passions in some way or the other. But how many of us have the courage to pursue our passion and build a business out of it? Well, in my case, it happened by default. Being passionate about good food and having a partner who shared that passion helped me transition into the hospitality industry. But to share more insights on how to successfully convert your passion into a business, I've invited Sanjana Chatlani, founder of the Bombay Lettering Company as my guest today. Sanjana is a calligrapher, lettering artist and an entrepreneur based in Mumbai. She brings words to life through her beautiful lettering strokes. Having discovered her passion for calligraphy and lettering, she quit her corporate job to start the Bombay Lettering Company, which has now become a homegrown brand. In this episode, Sanjana shares how she went from employee to entrepreneur, the importance of testing the market before you make it a full-fledged business the challenges creative entrepreneurs face and much much more welcome to the show sanjana hi gauri thank you for having me i think this is a really cool initiative and i'm super excited to be here we're sort of dying to hear about your journey and uh, and i have to say that we actually met in a very different capacity <laughs> yeah. um uh, almost what 10 years ago i think when you were working with Moet Hennessy in as part of their marketing team if i'm not mistaken and um yeah and then before i knew it you had uh, you know quit that and gone into something quite different which is great and it's not like i can afford to speak because i did something very similar but um you know today i want to hear about your story and uh, tell us how that sort of transition happened for you well as you said i was very much climbing up that corporate ladder and was actually really enjoying it i was at lvmh and you know that was my first job out of college and loved this the whole luxury space marketing branding um and i never thought i'd do anything different i was like oh you know what i'm going to be in this company forget industry also uh but life's funny and i guess you never know where it takes you i've always been kind of inclined towards art and you know always had that creative bone in me but i never knew what i could do with it or even pursue it in the sense of building a career out of it and it's really funny and it's a funny story but i would actually see a calligrapher come into the office at moet hennessy who would sit in the conference room and like write on every dumper in your card and every verve clico or moet or basically every bit of gifting or stationery that went out from a luxury brand had to have a handwritten message because it shows warmth it shows the luxury touch it shows effort it shows emotion and uh, that was the first time i think i saw calligraphy put into like a commercial sort of sense because we've all studied it and learned it maybe i've done one class when we were in school and we were like cool now what do we do with this um and i was quite intrigued and i think that was really when something within me was like i want to kind of explore this and see what i can do with it because i used to love doodling and just drawing in my notebook and writing out quotes and inspirational quotes and these motivational words and i think that was the first time it kind of um something inside me was like i want to explore this world but back in 2017 when i started doing this there was nobody in india doing it in a way or a scale i would have imagined or liked for it to be 
yes there were people like there were these you know uncles who've been doing calligraphy since 30 years in in bombay with every big industrialist family you know and they just go to their house or office and sit and write for hours and hours and i was like no like if i want to do this i want to make it cool i want to make it you know like different i want to like really unravel okay. this art form basically but even then i just thought i'd do it like for fun like a little side hustle or a passion and i started attending workshops with teachers online and i flew to the us to do a couple of classes uh because the world of western calligraphy that i wanted to learn there was like nobody in india was really teaching it sorry was this while you were still working or? yeah yeah very like, much oh okay yeah. so okay. this was while i was at moy tennessee and i kind of learned studied traveled spent every bit of my free time trying to figure this world out and it was only about until mid 2018 that you know in that year i had started taking on projects for friends and family and you know just through word of mouth things kind of started spreading until i reached a point where i was like oh no i'm getting more work than i can handle and i think i reached a point where i need to choose um which path i want to take yeah so that's interesting because i've actually you know i've had this a similar conversation with um other people who moved from the corporate space to uh you know setting up their own business and it it's interesting that you said that you you know there was a, an overlap of almost a year year and a half because you were kind of like figuring it out testing yeah. uh you know testing yeah. the ground before making that plunge of quitting a job you know sort of first a very safe settled job and uh you know chucking all of that so is that something that you would recommend to people to do yeah yeah and kind of i know, feel make like sure that it's what you want to do and that you know yeah. it's something that's working before you um you know ditch everything jobs yeah. i think it's one thing to be passionate about something but you need to test the waters out to see if realistically like is this sustainable can you make money is this like something you can actually build into something and for me i didn't think i would quit my job to do this full time i thought it would always be something as a passion on the side but when things started getting very real for me that oh there is potential here that was when i started thinking of it in a very different like from a very different lens altogether right. and i think you know building something on the side while you have your full time gig going worked out very well for me sure so uh, you know it's been 3 years it feels like it's been longer for some reason but uh, <laughs> you know it's been 3 years and uh, you've built an wonderful brand i mean um you know i i sort of uh, you're the first person i think of when anyone asks for um you know suggestions for people who do calligraphy etc uh tell me you know so of course we all see the success of it but tell me about some of the challenges you faced and you know if there were any roadblocks to get you did you ever think of you know going back to the corporate world um you know take us through that yes there were challenges um but i was at this i was in this headspace that you know what i'm 25 what's the worst that can happen you know i go back into the corporate world i just want to that's the worst thing So right now I just want to go all in and really see what I can do with this. I think a pro or like an advantage was that I had a little bit of a first movers advantage because there wasn't any I couldn't even find competition. I couldn't even like refer to someone's website while making my own website because there was nothing like that in the country when I was starting off. But there were significant challenges with that also because people wouldn't understand what I was trying to do. 
even trying to get someone to build my website or a photographer to do a shoot for me they were like how interesting we've never done this for a calligrapher and i was like oh god <laughs> i would have liked someone with a little experience but there were so many firsts because um it was something relatively different and you know uh, something people didn't think of in a way that you could build a, a business model around it right so one was trying to educate people and explain to them what it is i was trying to do because they'd be like oh calligraphy cool mm-hmm. but what so i'd have to say visuals so i'd have to show people being like oh you know what anything personalized words are all around us right it's honestly how creatively we want to bring it to life and this can be something as small as ink on paper or something as large as lettering a mural in the walls of your office mm. um or a nameplate for your home or even digitized lettering that you can put into like content digitally um because something that's hand lettered and hand scripted is almost as though it's uniquely designed for you it's not a font you will never see that anywhere else right um and it's not as standardized as a font because people keep getting very confused between oh but i can just print it with a font mm. and then you have to explain the whole process behind it that there's a human brain working in the moment mm. and i can choose to take my strokes in a way based on what's around mm-hmm. but a font can't do that for you right, right. for example so one so i think a lot of education is what you're saying sure. a lot of education a lot of explaining to people what it is i do what we can do and the difference between getting it printed with a font and the value of something that's handwritten and hand lettered um <laughs> sorry i just want to interrupt there that you know um since you were sort of one of the first in the space um how did you figure out how to charge for your work how was the trickiest of all <laughs> because i would um you know i had friends in the us like calligrapher friends who i got in touch with and studied with and attended workshops with, but it was too different they were charging in dollars mm. um you know i couldn't do that over here uh basically i then started to figure out that what would i like to have as an hourly rate um and i want to earn this much in an hour mm-hmm. and then i try and see how much work can i get done in an hour and then kind of divide that and figure out a per piece price mm-hmm. um you know like something as simple as okay if i want to make 2000 rupees an hour for mm. example when i just started yeah. i was like okay i'm doing envelopes i'm addressing envelopes let's see how many if i can do 20 in an hour that means it's 100 rupees per envelope right so, so i tried to figure out all these different things and i was like cuz in india people don't go uh, by the hour they'll think yeah. you're just wasting time to make more money or you know sometimes a per, like a project fee may not work so they like this whole per piece pricing yeah but till today it's tricky as of yesterday a calligrapher called me up being like how are you charging because and i like that today as a community of calligraphers um you know uh we're open and transparent with each other where i've kept talking about this on my instagram for the past like 3 years and people finally now will call me being like hey sanjana i've been approached for a particular job i just wanted to know how much you charge because i don't want to completely undercharge or completely overcharge as well mm-hmm. you know and now we'll kind of discuss what the standard rate should be so we're all more or less in a similar bracket right right um, you know but it's it's been a challenge it's been tricky you'll have people turn around and be like what so expensive and you're just like but it's my art you're not paying me for the minute i'm writing it for you you're paying me for the years of practice it's taken to do it for you in this minute um so i think even with pricing it's been tricky and explaining to people why you're pricing the way you are yeah. so talking of that and you know um i think what it sounds like is 
uh, people often think of you as a freelancer, yeah. you know, doing this, but actually, you know, you've created a whole brand around it. And, um, you know, you've created multiple business verticals as well, which, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come to that. But uh, how, how do you see this business um, growing, you know, when it's, is it is it basically down to you and you know just you and you being able to do this in which case you know how do you see this sort of what is your vision for this um for bombay lettering company uh you know going forward so i think from day one even when it was just me i called it the bombay lettering company and i kept saying we because I had this thought that, listen, it's going to be bigger than me. I do not want to be a... So I was actually going to ask you this, sorry, but I was going to ask you this because when we were talking just before, um, you know, before recording, you yeah. were saying we and I was like, oh, wow, she's got a whole, you know, yeah. and I think that's now, now we're that the first impression <laughs> I got. So even if it is just you. <laughs> you <know>, Thankfully, <laughs> three years in now, we are we. Yeah. But back then, it was just me. But I would keep portraying it and wanting for it to be um, way bigger than one person. And I wanted it to eventually be like a one-stop shop, all things personalized, hand-lettered and calligraphy done in the country, having different verticals and everything. So yes, I always thought it would become a, something bigger. But now I'm probably at that stage where I'm like, okay, I do have a team. We are a team of people, but I have two routes that I can take. I can stay boutique and you know keep um, enhancing my skills, uh, going very, very like, uh, funneling down into a lot of like specialization and staying that way and enjoying that but I can also go in the whole you know and this is a question I get asked all the time like how do you scale like what's next but I can take that route of scaling up and making it um, you know a company where there are multiple calligraphers where we can take on a lot more work and then move into a lot more verticals also so I'm at this I'm at that crossroad right now I think I'm at a place where I know I'm saying no to a lot of work um, because I physically cannot, we don't have the bandwidth to take that much on, which is always a great thing because it makes you think of how you want to expand. So in terms of my team now, I am, I am the only calligrapher, but I have every other like sort of person to help me in terms of accounts, marketing, uh, illustration, uh, admin, my assistant, so that actually a lot of time is moved, taken out to me to do what I love most. Right. Because I, I was listening to an interview and someone said she was, uh, she said that if you're not spending most of your time doing what you are best at, you're doing something wrong. Well, and I then take a leaf out of your, uh, out of your book on that one because uh, Sarah Blakely, I think. It, it, it is crazy. Yeah. And she yeah. said that and I was like, oh my God, I'm spending most of my time doing admin work and I'm barely doing any calligraphy. And I think that was when I really started changing things around. And today we've got a great structure in place with the team. We're five of us now. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great. But of course, now I'm in this headspace of I want to expand. I want to get more calligraphers on board. Um, and I want to make this um, more like uh, a team of calligraphers taking on all kinds of jobs uh, across the country. Right. And I, I mean, that sort of makes sense where, you know, you people can kind of come to you. It's almost like you become that sort of point of contact for a lot of yeah. gig work and people yeah. who are starting out, um, you know, even if they're not sort of uh, employed by you as such, but that you, you know, you don't. So right now I have a lot of freelance calligraphers who work for me. Yeah. So but you see yourself at some point, maybe making these sort of full time. For sure. Part for of your sure. Team. That's, that's the next step. Yeah. For now, it's like we just have a contract in place and I have freelancers who work for us. Um, but 
because I've seen that and the response has been great and the, it's it's worked out well. Now the next step is okay. I need to and I want to hire a few full time in house calligraphers. Right. So you mentioned marketing as being you know one of the integral parts of your team, and uh, I I know you've done an amazing job of of promoting uh, Bombay Lettering Company and uh, you know I even though I'm not a calligrapher I just love just watching your Instagram and like you know all the videos you guys put up and um, you know like how uh, sort of important has social media been of course word of mouth is really important I'm guessing um, but you know how important is social media and how have you sort of conceptualized and built that aspect of uh, you know the, the marketing of your brand. So I think social media, when I was starting off, was like the backbone of everything I was doing because every client I was getting, if not word of mouth, was through Instagram. Uh, so it's worked really well for us. The one thing I realized was that I, what worked for me was being completely authentic and original and myself on social media. I have never till today planned a post. Mm. I will just pick up my phone, go through my gallery, see what my recent pictures of my work are. And I will post something with the caption and it just, it works out well because it's real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen that people love not just seeing the success, but they also like to see what went down. Like, oh, did you, how did you manage to overcome this? Or like, you know, what were the challenges while working on this particular project? I've seen people love it when, you know, me as the artist, I actually get on to like stories or I talk and I interact with my audience. Um, So I've seen stuff like that really work for me because what I've also tried to do is over the years is build a community and become like a thought leader in this space. Mm-hmm. So while well, t- tell us a little bit more about how you've done that. And I'm almost getting like a, a personal lesson here because I know my team's always like, you need to do more video. You need, to, and I'm just like, no, no, like, please. Like I, I, I can, you know, I, I hate you know, doing video on Instagram, but yeah. It's also a personality thing. And some, a lot of people ask me they're like, but we're so camera shy. Yeah. And maybe I, I am a bit extroverted and I love talking to people and I am a little bit of like a people's person. So it, it came to me, but it's important because I feel like at the end of the day, people buy from people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I just feel like uh, you may be an amazing artist, but if you're sitting cooped up somewhere without like, you know, marketing yourself or showing people your work or interacting with people, how will they even find you, reach out to you and connect with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what worked for us is sure. So social media, Instagram, uh, you know, creating this very genuine, real content, um, a mix of like client work, me, um, you know, like uh, teaching related stuff uh, has all kind of worked well. I'm not on any other social media platform. So it's just Instagram. But I think over the years, I've also realized that you can't be so reliant on a third party platform. So we've started building our own email marketing list. Right. So we keep directing people to sign up to our newsletter to build our database yeah. in that sense. Yeah. So we do weekly newsletters. Um, we keep interacting with our community, with the audience to have that direct connect with them apart from social media also. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned uh, teaching and I have to uh, say here that I attended one of your First classes, yeah, I think, first. back in I think first, the absolute first. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, it didn't feel that way. You guys seem like no idea how much um, and I just loved it for the fact that it was um, you know, it was just 
it it just felt like something so uh, different from what i do and i just found it like really relaxing and just something fun that took my mind off work um yeah. and you know of course i'm i i had no intention of pursuing it professionally but <laughs> i just really enjoyed it as a as an activity of uh, you yeah. know with no agenda and yeah. uh, and i know that you've been doing more and more of that um so tell us firstly like you know what the sort of what happened during the last year when i'm guessing um you know for a lot of brands maybe spending on on sort of the luxury of of having handwritten notes and things and you know uh, maybe weddings weren't happening which is a lot of your business uh so how was the last year for you and um you know what's what's the way forward um and i and i know that teaching is has become a part yeah. of it but tell us a bit more yeah. so honestly the last year made me make teaching one of my three main verticals technically i used to love teaching but i always thought that i was the calligrapher who would be doing more commission work you know because mm-hmm. there are calligraphers in the country today who don't do any client work and only teach okay. for example you know and i never saw myself as that because i i i i love working on client work also but over this past year and a half we moved online completely um in the beginning i was a bit apprehensive in terms of how people would adjust to learning an art form like this on like on zoom literally but um it worked out really well uh, i used something called a document camera so it's a second camera that you attach to your laptop and it's top down so mm-hmm. it faces your paper basically and everything that you're writing um there's so many advantages to teaching online because people get access to the recordings mm. you couldn't have gotten if it was an in person class you know you have you have the luxury of spacing the classes out so you don't have to cram everything up in one day or two days for mm-hmm. example but we do it over two weeks and everyone has like a couple of days in between to practice you know so i definitely feel there are advantages of this we courier the kit to each person so everybody gets like a personalized kit with everything that they need um you know we have a google drive link where people can upload their homework they get feedback um so it it ended up working out nicely we do adult and kids classes so the kids class in fact got a great response i would make the kids with like m&ms and jolly rancher candy <laughs> and their name tags and the brush pens and they just be like over the moon um and all the mums would be like we have never seen our kids sit like this without getting distracted for like 2 hours straight i need to try this with my <laughs> that's me it's so it's such a therapeutic art form it's so calming it really makes you stop everything else and just be present in the moment focus on your strokes focus on your breathing calligraphy in general is a very um very technical art form actually it's not like abstract it's not like just take a paint brush and you know it's you're you're following certain rules you're working with certain angles you are working with a little you know very constricted amounts of like pressure uh, your posture is important so there's so much that goes into it that people don't really know um and i think while teaching all of that kind of comes out and the best part about teaching is i keep learning while teaching and you just keep getting better at what it is you do mm. so it's also helpful for you in a way um so yeah i think the year and a half has been interesting with teaching large groups of people across the country uh we market and push out and promote workshops on our website and our end but i've also been approached by different corporates and organizations to do private workshops for their like teams and people mm. which has been fun also so you mentioned three verticals and teaching being one of them so yeah. um and then of course you com- you do commissioned work yeah. and um work for brands and things yeah. uh and what's the third one okay 
So, of course, the first one I spoke to you about is commission work. So this is for corporates, brands, individuals, events. It's a huge one. It's everything that's commissioned out to me by order. Mm -hmm. um, it can be a quantity of one or a quantity of thousand, completely based on, you know, the client requirement. Um, the second bucket is education and teaching. So in this, currently we do live workshops, but now the next step that we're working towards and are currently in the process of doing is recording and pushing out pre-recorded online courses. So when you buy it, you just get access to these recordings and you have lifetime access to them. Right. So, you know, because I can't, I'm, I'm constantly trying to think of how I can uh, build different streams of passive income and different forms of recurring revenue mm -hmm. for what we do. Because otherwise, everything I do would be based on the amount of time I physically put in. Right. Um, which, which is what I was asking earlier, where, you yeah. know, it's all down. Right now, it's literally, as simply put, I make as much money as the time I put in. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't work for one day, I, that's it. You don't make any money that day. Go on vacation for a week, then exactly. that's one week gone. But yeah. now it's, it's like, no, this needs to run even if I'm away for a couple of weeks or a couple yeah. of months. And how do we do that? Mm -hmm. So the online course, which will be a pre-recorded course, is one of those um, ways. Um and then the third bucket is our e-commerce platform. So what happened in 2018 was that I began to teach, but I wasn't able to procure the right quality supplies in India for my workshops. Mm -hmm. And it was nuts because I couldn't keep calling a relative in the US being like, hey, can you send me stuff? So I got my import license. I reached out to all these brands of inks, nibs, paper that I used to use. And I was like, listen, you are not in, in India. Yeah. And I definitely see a growing market for calligraphy. And I think this can do really well. Can I be a retailer for you in the country? And I got positive responses from everybody. So we started an online store purely focused on calligraphy tools and supplies. And in the beginning, I thought I'd only get like Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, Tier 1. You won't believe it. I have never heard of half the cities we get orders from. Wow. So it's so interesting to see that, you know, Everywhere in India today, people are interested. They want to get these supplies. They're willing to spend on good quality stuff. So now we have an online store for tools and supplies where there are different brands that we um, retail. And there are also Bombay lettering products as well. Right. We make our own pads, guide sheets, practice books, pen holders, inks, all of that. Um, now, the other sort of part of the online store that we've built, begun to build this year is the gifts and products section. So someone like you, who's not, you don't want to buy inks and nibs, but you want to come to Bombay Latching and buy a beautiful personalized gift for someone, mm -hmm. you'd get onto our gifting section and you'd kind of go through it. And we have everything from like hand engraved champagne glasses to a nameplate for your home to handwritten letters or personal stationery that you can get made. Um, and everything has a touch of calligraphy and lettering in it. That will be the hero of the product. Right. Um, and it can be, you know, you can gift it to someone. So we do the whole gift wrapping, gifting process, or you can buy it for yourself. Um, so that's the vertical I'm really trying to build now. That's so interesting. And, you know, I think that like the way you're talking about it, it just sounds like you need more hours in the day. You know? I do. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's, you know, that's a fantastic place to be in. So, you know, um, and it will happen. There's no doubt. I can I can kind of uh, feel the excitement when you're talking about it. Um, what do you see as the you know biggest opportunity for uh, sort of disruption, for want of a better word, in this space? You know, where do you see this sort of really like 
taking off at some point like and becoming um you know even more main like becoming mainstream from a niche um uh, um i think personalization is like the way to go i think you know people are always looking uh for unique gifts they're always looking for interesting things to do uh that's the reason why we built our gifting section because people would call me clients would call me being like hi sanjana it's my husband's birthday what do i do and i would be like i don't know i'm a calligrapher <laughs> like just give me something and i'll write it but it was so often and i was like no 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 we have to like sort of grab this opportunity and see what we can do with it um so basically like gifting solutions you know so i feel like that's one route we can most definitely go in and really do a lot with with personalization and gifting um because i think that's something everyone always wants yeah. uh and then going all out with that so of course that may mean a lot less of actual ink on paper work but more um you know hand lettered illustrated design more mass produced also but i'd always love to remain kind of unique and boutique in certain ways because i i'd never want to like lose that because for us every quality is everything of course i've become the most like anal and ocd person over the years with calligraphy does that to you yeah. but then you're just good thing that's a good thing so don't as zero tolerance for like anything that's not up to a certain quality mark or standard and i feel like even with something like stationery you know in like the us you can walk into like a crane and co and buy the most beautiful stationery but india doesn't have that so i think this space of gifting personalization stationery in general could be really big I definitely see education having a playing a big role as well. What we do with it, I I don't know. Do we want to work towards building like an academy? Do we want to work towards you know, um, hosting different teachers from across the world, um, doing these retreats? Because that's something we're in the works of. But I feel education for sure will will uh, pick up for us and be a very integral part also. That's amazing, yeah. and I love the fact that you're so bullish on stationery being such a big thing when we're when we're kind of moving towards this uh, world of tech digital. So you know, I think it's it's this happy kind of balance between uh, the sort of physical you know aspect writing and think and about it. Back in the day, right? Um, uh, your handwritten uh, stuff was the mass and the. uh what do you say the digital um stuff was your niche yeah then we moved into a space where now everything digitized is mass and everything that's actually um specialized and a craft and hand done has become the niche yeah. where people are willing to pay a bit more for they valuing also a lot more and i feel like because everything is so standardized around us people are coming that you know circle around and they they, they are beginning to value uh physical tactile stuff a lot more amazing yeah, yeah. you know uh, sanjana i want to sort of ask you um what you would say to someone who you know has a, a lot of creative people have these these passions that they sort of do on the side yeah. um how do you move a passion into a profession um you know what, what i i know i know you've talked a little bit about it before but what, what sort of advice would you give to someone who's yeah. who's sort of toying with that and doesn't know how to go about it so i didn't i did a whole instagram live on this i'll send you the link it's called passion to profession and it's like a whole seven step process that i put together <laughs> um you know and i think uh one of the most important things is when you have a passion towards um maybe an art form or a skill something that is skill based um you're already at an advantage i feel 
Um, it's something you can take with you wherever you are. It's something you, you can choose what you want to do with it. But it also means that you are constantly and you have to constantly evolve, um, excel at and keep getting better. It's not like constantly learning. You can never stop learning because you've got to keep upgrading your skill. So, you know, that's the thing between being an artist and a business person, because on one hand, you have to grow the business. But on the other hand, you have to keep growing your own skill. Um, so I feel like when you're really passionate about something, you need to have a, you need to really invest a lot of time in terms of learning from the best there are in the world. If you really want to make it something um, big, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I also feel like Test the water, which is what I did. Do it on the side. Do it with your full-time thing. Don't just dive in without having a single client. Mm-hmm. You know, like build it up slowly. See how much you enjoy it. You may realize that, oh my God, I don't love this as much. Like you need to love it. Like I can do 16, 18 hours a day of writing and I, I love it. It's like Zen mode for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's about figuring out how passionate you are and how, you, how much you love it. Because doing something for fun is very different than doing it professionally. Yeah. You know, you have clients, you have deadlines, you may not be in the mood to do it, but you have to do it. Um, so figuring all that out in this testing the water phase is really important, you know. And then I feel like start with word of mouth. That, and I think being in a city like Bombay, being in the connections and the social circles we have, that worked really well for me because, you know, you show someone something unique and different and interesting and it, it's good quality. They are going to try it. People are always looking for something new. You know, so I feel like test it out, start working for friends and family first yeah. before you move on, you know, to other um, people and corporates and brands and all of that and get that experience and everything. And I think it's your choice if you want to take a plunge into building it full time or always keeping it as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to scale, don't scale, keep it boutique, do what yeah. makes you happy at the end of the day. You know, yeah. so I think um, that's something I definitely tell people and try and work for someone before you work for yourself. I think that was a big learning for me. Like every little bit that I've learned at Moet Hennessy has been put into use with what I'm doing at Bombay Lettering. So having that experience of working for somebody else before starting your own thing was like a really big thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is, that's been so enlightening and I'm really proud of you and what you've done, uh, you know, over the years that I've known you and uh, and I can see that this is the start of some amazing Not stuff. Just about scratch the so, surface. Yeah, exactly. So you've got like the world's your oyster, literally. And, um, you know, I mean, you've, you, you've got sort of the blank paper to write whatever you want on it. So really like kudos to you and uh, and like all the very bestest and um and you know thank you again for, for sharing. Oh, thank you. Uh it's really fun and nice to always talk about, you know, like your journey and the learnings and yes the challenges also. Um, you know, and I feel like it's always nice for people to know about a relatively untapped art form, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So great. Well good luck and and thank you. This episode has been so enlightening for me. One important thing that I learned is that if you want to showcase your work, then there should be a good connecting platform between you and your consumers. Visibility and approachability are imperative for a business to flourish. Also, if you love what you do, then it's an added bonus to succeed effortlessly.